Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, with my co-host, Emery Howard. Last episode, we had on Brent Stone, and he talked about, he shared a little bit of his story, how his parents taught him and raised him really well. But as a teenager, he kind of got rebellious and did some things that he wasn't proud of and how he turned back. Um, because he loved the warm feelings of what his family had created. And so it was very, it was an amazing story. Go back and listen to it. It has so many insights of just hope and reassurance that as parents, we're doing a good job when we create good homes for our kids. And today I wanted to go in a little bit deeper of how do we know that we are creating a home that our kids will always want to return to? That is something that is near and dear to my heart for so many reasons um, in that time of where you're you're doing the best you know how, you're doing everything that you know how to do, and things seem rocky, your kids might seem rebellious, that things are not turning out the way that you hoped, the really hard and rough emotional days where there's a lot of headbutting, and you just wonder at the end of the day, like, is it enough? Will they remember how much I love them? Will they know how much I'm trying to be a good parent for them? Like all of those questions come together and ultimately we're all trying to create a home that when our kids are older, they will want to come home to. That when they are out on their own, they will want to emulate the in their own life and eventually for their own family. So Emery, my first question for you is um, what types of things make you want to return home um well well uh just knowing that everyone will be there and it's where i know people best and just the feeling when you walk in the door it feels like fresh air awesome so i really like a few of the things um, I want to talk a little bit more about is you said everyone will be there. And I think that's really important to realize that our kids already have this innate love of family. We really don't have to do much as parents to teach that love. We, the kids already love their family. Um, but what about thinking about the holidays where not everybody's there maybe ebony will be off on a cruise with her family and only you are coming home for christmas maybe easton will be on a mission and tavery's doing some school trip and it's just it's just you and your family coming to visit will it still feel the same yeah okay why is that why do you think because I get to snuggle up to my mother. <laughs> yes, we'll always snuggle up. Huh? Um, I think one of the things that you said, though, right at the beginning was very true. Of It's it's who knows you best, right? 
So what does that mean to you to have to feel like it's who knows you best? What do you mean? Like, how do you know that we know you best? What is it that helps you feel like you are known? Well, I grew up with you for around 18 years. Yep. But there's lots of people that can be in the same place or in the same family and still um, not feel like they are known, not feel like they are deeply connected. Well, you always listen to me. Ah, so listening, listening to you. What kinds of things matter a lot to you that I listen to? You listen to my emotions, about my crushes, um, about funny things, about things I don't understand. So uh, I love that list. I listen to your emotions um, is a big one because oftentimes as parents, we're trying so hard to create an atmosphere that is happy and good and joyful and wonderful memories that... When a kid is sad, there's something in us. It's like, no, this is not what I had planned. This is not what I was intending. This was not the plan, people. And we feel like their sad emotion is evidence that we just failed either in the moment or for our long-term dream of creating a home worth returning to. But the sad emotion is not evidence of anything other than somebody that you care about is hurting. And who do you want to be? And that is one thing that has really changed everything for me is when I became a mom, I thought um, that I had to do certain things to get my kids to behave and act certain ways. And that always frustrated me. That always made me feel so um, just inadequate by the end of the day, because I was like, I don't know how to get them to do their schoolwork. I don't know how to make sure that they don't fight so much. I don't know how to get them to say please and thank yous more. And I I felt so frustrated with my own abilities because I was gauging my success based off of the actions of other people. And you can't ever control other people. But it's been through learning more and more that who do I want to be when my kids throw a fit? Who do I want to be when my kids don't do their homework? Who do I want to be when my kids are fighting with each other? That has changed everything because in the end, then I always get to choose success because I always get to control myself. And that has really helped our kids to feel safe, to be who they are and to share what they're feeling and what they're going through. So yes, sharing emotions is huge. Um, and being able to have a safe space to do that, it, it really does help both parents and kids start to understand it isn't about acting perfectly. It's can we be open? Can we be honest? Can we share exactly what we're going through without criticism or belittlement? in either regard. Um, as, as a kid myself, I remember wanting to go to my parents about certain things, but knowing that if I did, they would beat themselves up and ask, what are we doing wrong? And why can't we ever get this right? And I never was my goal or intent to hurt my parents and never was my um, hope to 
make them feel bad for doing something wrong or for anything. I just wanted to understand um, the pains I was going through and I wanted to be able to talk about it with the people I loved. So that is a huge part. And then the other thing you said is talking about crushes. This is one that um, we've been very blessed. Emery, (laughs) I was so excited uh, my whole life to be able to talk to my kiddos about their crushes and things like that. And every from like the age four, she started having crushes. So this is one that we've been very blessed to have a lot of conversations on. And it's really fun um, as, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I grew up with very um, strict standards because of how my family interpreted the way that God felt about things and the way that our religion said that it should happen. And unfortunately, one of the things that kind of came about because of that was it was inappropriate and just totally exiled kind of feelings to have crushes, to, um, to be flirty, to have those types of emotions was just, not acceptable in any shape or form. And as a human being, you can't turn that part of you off in a healthy way because that is a healthy part of you. And so I remember as a kid when that part of me kind of broke and I I didn't feel comfortable with being attracted to guys, to being attracted to boys. And I, um, It was very painful to turn that part back on when I started um, dating again. And that, anyways, that's a whole story in of itself. But the point with all of it is I wanted our kids to know that having feelings towards another human being is a wonderful part of life. And it's just part of the journey of getting to um, experience what, what, who you like and what you like about people and, Um, But then one of the fears that came was, well, what if they get too serious, too fast? What if they get too passionate too quickly and too young? And um, that really hasn't been a concern because the more that we've been open with crushes and the more that we've talked about just what she's experiencing, what she's going through, what she's thinking about boys her age is it's always um, safe it's always okay. And it's always fun to be able to talk about those types of things going on for her that, um, it's also, we've had a lot of influence and she still accepts our influence in when to get serious and what to do. So like Emery, can you share your feelings on like the ages that you want to start dating and the ages that you want to start, um, getting serious and the ages that you want to be okay with being boyfriend, girlfriend, like what is, what are those ages like for you? Well, 16 is what I call baby dating. Sixteen's <laughs> baby dating. <laughs> Which is what I mean by taking the first little steps and just dating. Yeah. Finding out what you like. Um, and then the next few years, you tend to take more steps. And then, um, when you're like 18 or older, 
um, you just start dating someone you like a little bit more, and if find out if you like them more or not, and that then so soon it comes becomes back to back with one maybe two people usually and then eventually um some awesome man comes and asks if you'll marry him and <laughs> that's what yeah that's and that's great um one of the things that thank you for sharing that because one of the things i wanted to point out is that sp- exact roadmap she might not have thought of on her own I have no idea if Kelby and I had stayed completely her dad and I had stayed completely out of everything and just let her come up with her own timeline that probably would look different and um so we know that the reason she has that timeline is because right now she does want our influence she does want our say and and we let her know what we think and from our experience what seems like a pretty good plan to try to live by. And um, she she has readily accepted that and, and found the joy in it. And it hasn't been this um, pushback, which is a huge deal because knowing Emery, she's very independent. She's very self-driven and she's very much has her own way of doing things and her own, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do things the way I want to do things. And none of that has been, taken from her um because of the kind of relationship that we have and the the safety and being able to talk about crushes and things right now while she's young and maybe um some people i've i've had so many different um experiences with parents some think that that's so cool that she already is having crushes others have made quite bold comments about how that's that's so scary that um, someone her age, someone so young shouldn't be having those types of feelings yet. And it's just, it's so silly when we try, um, as a human being, try to say what another human being should or shouldn't be feeling. Um, the reality is everybody grows differently and that's perfectly great. Her little sister who is eight, um, she's kind of started maybe liking boys a little bit here and there, but for the most part, she doesn't really know what a crush is and that's totally great too. And it's, um, it's just beautiful when we start opening up to the realization that as a parent to create a home that our kids want to come back to, it's all about how do we want to act, not how do we get our kids to act. As soon as it's about how do we get our kids to get a certain career? How do we get our kids to be more motivated? How do we get our kids to be more self-driven? How do we get our kids to act a certain way, do a certain thing, uh, or whatever it is? It becomes so stressful and so strenuous um, on relationships. And it isn't, it isn't fulfilling or fun for anybody. And nobody wants to go back to that kind of an environment. So um, what was another one? You said emotions, boy there's crushes and what was what was another one um i think it was the feel of walking into the home you know everyone's gonna be there yep that was another one we talked about and you said another one it was really good and now i can't remember that when i walk in the door it feels like fresh air 
Yep, but we talked about that too. I'm... Is there more about that that you want to say? I don't know. It doesn't smell weird. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't smell weird. Um, I think, too, that just that feeling of fresh air is really empowering. Um, that I think a lot of the times, I know for me, when as a kid, I loved my family and I wanted to make my parents proud, my siblings proud, and I wanted to do what was right. But home felt very restricting, very like I couldn't breathe. I didn't, I didn't um, feel safe to be me. I didn't think, I did not feel like anybody knew me. And um, people said that they knew me. People said um, all sorts of things about me. But every time that they spoke about me, I'm like, I don't feel like that's even something I like or that that's something I do. And it was kind of expected to say, to be humble and say, well, if somebody else is saying that about you, it's your job to recognize that it's true, especially when it's your elder, your peer or your parents. And I think it's so sad when we give up our innate ability to know ourselves and say that somebody else knows us better simply because they're older than us. Because yet that doesn't sound right (laughs) it's not it's not good to say that um like one of the things is I was very grateful for my parents for everything that they sacrificed and everything that they did and I I saw them work tirelessly just to provide a roof over our heads and I felt extremely grateful inside and I always have but one of the things that they would tell me was that I was very selfish and I was very, um, I never thought about anybody else and I was never grateful. And in our home environment, one of the things that it was expected of me was to just agree with them and to say that I was sorry for being that way and that because they're my parents, I should notice what they can see in me and notice what they're trying to teach me and take that and learn from it and not be so selfish and not be so um, ungrateful. But that was extremely painful because, um, yes, I'm sure there's things that they did that I didn't notice, but I felt extremely grateful and love towards my parents. I never, I don't remember anything. I can remember them doing plenty of really mean things to me, but I don't ever remember hating them or feeling like they are terrible people, or that they were bad. It was always just a desire to understand more. I just wanted to um, be able to make sense of what was going on. And it wasn't about blame, and it wasn't about, um, like, victim, that I was, I deserved all the right things, and everybody's just mean to me, and what was me. It was always, I don't get what's happening and I want to understand. And so um, I share that just because as parents, it's so easy to feel like our kids might not be being respectful or they might not be grateful right then. Or maybe we feel like our kids are not um, sharing with us or or, uh, 
putting forth the effort to be who we want them to be because we are doing everything we can to make sure they have the opportunity for certain things. But in reality, we don't get to say as parents who our kids are, we don't get to say what they feel and we don't get to say, um, we don't get to define them. They know who they are. So if we feel like they are being disrespectful, then it's a great opportunity to tell them, look, when you do X, Y, Z, I feel very disrespected. What are you feeling? Like, do you respect me? Do you love me in those situations? And see what they say, because I think you will be surprised with how most of the time your kids will probably be like, holy cow, I didn't know that that made you feel disrespected. And I, I respect you. I love you. Um, and if we can be humble enough as parents to realize like that is their emotion, that is their feeling. Can you trust it? And can you, um, then separate from the, the situation and say, okay, if this situation makes me feel disrespected, then that's me because they just told me that they don't feel that way. They do respect me and this their their behavior in this situation is not them trying to show me that they disrespect me it's not them trying to say that they don't care about my opinion it's something that they're going through maybe it's that they're trying to grow into their own person or that they were just totally unobservant uh about how it was coming across to you but i think it's so valuable when we can start to realize the home environment becomes one that we all want to return to when we focus on who can we be, not how do we get our kids to act or do or say certain things. So um, I think that is everything, but I want to make sure. Emery, do you have any other things? Last thoughts? Mm. Well, how would it, you said earlier, um, on what if they get too serious at a young age? How would you get too serious at a young age? Well, too serious would be, for example, say one of your crushes right now. Do you want to hold his hand? I mean, I don't really know. Uh, it's not something I'm like, I want to go to him just to hold his hand. But I don't really care. Yeah, so it's it's not like this burning desire in you to hold his hand, right? No. But um, when would you say, what age would you allow yourself to hold someone's hand if you wanted to? I don't know. I don't know why, what do you mean, hold hands? Well, hold hands, but, and this is a great point too. So like you hold hands with your friends who are girls, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just fun and fine, right? Uh-huh. Well. If you hold hands with a boy, it might feel this very same way, right? Uh-huh. But have you held hands with a boy? I don't know. No, I don't think you have. I've never seen you skip down the road holding hands with a boy. <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen you do with your friends, right? Yeah. So um, it's it's to understand that the reason why you naturally have not done that and don't seem to do that is because there is an internal value that you have for it. You, um, as people, we want to show more uh, affection, more touch, more intimacy 
the more that we get to know someone. We're beings of growth. Remember how we've talked about that? Uh Uh-huh. So say you start holding hands at age 12. Okay. Then you've done that, and that was fun and exciting, and what a wonderful feeling. But now, as beings of growth, we want to take it the next step further. We want to start doing something more. So we start cuddling. And we start being close. And that feels wonderful and good and great. So say at age 13, you are holding hands and cuddling. And that feels so good. And so now you want to you try kissing. And you want to try um, seeing what that feels like. And kissing is amazing. And it feels wonderful. But it also is very strong feelings. And so as beings of growth, you'll want to go to the next step. And eventually the next step is going to be sex, right? Uh-huh. And do you want to have a relationship where sex is an option before marriage? No. No. So the the point of making choices of when you hold hands or when you date, when you kiss is all to help make sure that you are giving kind of like what we talked about um, two weeks ago in um, two episodes ago of delayed gratification. It's all about, can you delay the gratification of having someone, a spouse, having that special someone who you share every part of yourself with? Can you make the steps necessary to hold off for the more intimate parts of a relationship? Right? Yeah. So, um, for example, if, if you didn't have any kinds of boundaries or any kind of, I want to wait till I'm married for something super intimate, then, um, you might start at a really young age at your age at 10 or at 13 or at 15 or who knows when you might start feeling that desire of wanting to have sex and not being able to say no because you simply um, didn't have that plan and didn't have that those standards in place. So does that make sense? Uh-huh. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, but um, since we're beings of growth, how do you... How is it that first step that's the first step like yeah so um as beings of growth what that means is we we usually want to go to the next step fast because it's fun and exciting it gives us an adrenaline rush it it just fills our body with so many hormones it's fun and that's not just with relationships that's if we learn how to ride a bike, we want the next step is to learn how to go faster. And after we learn how to go faster, we might want to learn how to do tricks. And when we learn how to crawl, then naturally you want to learn how to walk. And after you learn how to walk, you want to learn how to run and then jump. And And it's just we want to go to the next thing very quickly. And most of the time, it's great to run and just go as fast as you want to. But with a relationship, it's one of the wonderful blessings about it. And one of the great approaches that we can start taking is how to enjoy each phase as long as possible. So right now with crushes where you're not holding hands and you're not dating, you're not becoming boyfriend, girlfriend, you're not kissing, 
like how long can you enjoy the phase and and make the most out of just the phase of crushes for your friends does that make sense yeah and so growing in friendship as much as you possibly can and in every way that you can without the physical part without any touching that is the first part of beings of growth of learning how to do because when you can do that then you can learn how to feel totally and completely alive and fulfilled with somebody regardless of whether or not they're touching you and sometimes as people um, when we skip that phase and we go too quickly through it we think that the love or the excitement that we're getting is simply because of the touching the hand holding the kissing the sex whatever stage we're at when really the fulfillment always comes from the friendship that we have with another human and how we feel like we can act around them if we can really be ourselves around them. So this phase that you're in is the phase that you want to drag out the longest that you possibly can. How long can you have crushes and be the best kind of friend with those crushes that you can possibly be without the physical part? I don't know, physical part and hand holding, I don't know, 16 maybe? Yeah, and that's great. And maybe longer, maybe shorter. But, yeah. And that's kind of something that we, we get to talk about and we get to um, explore as as you grow. But um, it's, it's not that hand holding is evil and it's not that kissing is evil or sex is evil. It's that these things are beautiful parts that you get to share about yourself. But oftentimes, as people, we can start to think that those are what makes us feel in love or those things are the things that make us feel um, worthy of being loved or exciting or this is what love is all about when it's not. Those are just wonderful extensions of what comes along with when you are really good friends with somebody when you can fully feel like you can be yourself when they support you in what your desires are when they believe in you and they don't tear you down they don't make you feel belittled for your ideas or the way you talk or what you think but they admire and honor who you are as a person then it's a lot more fulfilling to go to the physical part of things good question any others nope okay well then we will leave you all with that thought of, um, and and just thank you too for joining us on these conversations. I love it when we get to talk a little bit more. Um, these are our normal conversations that Emery comes and asks me things and we just walk through them. And um, it really is what makes our home something that I don't, I don't ever worry anymore with our kids of are we creating a home that our kids will always want to return to i i know that they will because of who i see them becoming and how i see them acting right now with how our home environment is and it's all because i'm focused more on who am i being and am i being the person that i want to be around them and it's it's changed everything for me i didn't know home life could be as fulfilling and a breath of fresh air as it is so 
And we will leave you all with that. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you all next time. Bye! Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.